and Bobo Show, a healthy scratch podcast. Here's your hosts, Kyle Bush and Brian Rager. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 9, the Bushy and Bobo podcast on healthyscratch.ca. As you can tell, I am partnerless today. Um, we've healthy scratched Brian. Um, actually, not so much. He just, uh, we were trying to get a show done like before playoffs, and it just didn't work where we both had the time. So I said, Hey, Bobo, I will do a solo one if you'd like, and we'll just get it done and we'll fire a bunch out there. We have a list a mile long of stuff we can talk about. So not like we're going to run out of material, like we playoffs just started. So there's a ton of stuff we can talk about. I have a list of stuff I want to talk about. Um, so starting with, and I know this is probably a week or two ago now, but this whole Tom Wilson, New York Rangers thing has just been absolutely bananas. I like, I'm looking at this. It is completely blown out of proportion. You can tell a lot of the media hasn't been around the game. I'm not saying been around the game. Of course they've been around the game, but been in the game and seen any of this stuff happen or have been a part of it. Um, basically what happened, Tom Wilson has, he definitely has, uh, <laughs> it's a characteristic of this guy to get involved in everything, every scuffle, you know, any type of controversy, Tom Wilson's going to be there. What happened in this game, um, between the Rangers and the Capitals, uh, there was a scuffle by the net and what happened is Tom Wilson looked like he basically pile drive Artemi Panarin into the ice and Panarin left. He was injured out for the season. Now the Rangers didn't make the playoffs, so it didn't really have any implications there, but it's their best player. So obviously, you know, the Rangers were not too happy. Um, and also Pavel Bichnevich on the, the Rangers came in as well, and he got his face pounded in by Wilson, like basically same thing. <laughs> so um, there was no suspension. Okay. Tom Wilson got fined 5k and we'll get to why I'm, I'm not sure what that's about. Um, but there's also a statement from the New York Rangers. So I'm just going to try and put everything out there first and then kind of dissect all this. Cause there's a lot. Um, so the Rangers, the next uh, day after Wilson didn't get suspended, put out a statement. I'm going to read it word for word. So the New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that the Capitals forward uh, Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison square garden. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these type of acts. Like I said, and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season. We'll get to that. We view this as a dereliction of duty by NHL head of player safety George Peros and believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. So lots to dissect here. First, let's start with Wilson 5K fine. If I'm the NHL, like if I'm George Peros, either either suspend him or do nothing. Like this this 5K fine makes it actually look worse, in my opinion. Like you're kind of looking at it and going, eh, like maybe well, five five thousand. Okay, five thousand dollars to these guys is like us getting fined five bucks. Like take it. You know what? Here's ten dollars for next time. Honestly, like if I'm Tom Wilson, like here's fifty. Like I'll cut you a check. Like this is gonna happen again. I'm an aggressive player. It's an aggressive league and there's injury, right? So looking at the actual uh, 
incident itself, I honestly don't think there was really anything wrong there. You you have to look at it. And this is probably what George Peros is looking at. Okay. George Peros, for anybody that doesn't know, was a tough guy in the NHL. He was an enforcer. He played for the Ducks for a while, actually won a cup with them. Um, guy went to Harvard. It was at Harvard or Princeton, or he went somewhere, uh, some Ivy League school. He's a smart guy. He's got the best mustache ever, sick flow. Okay. So he's the head of, of player safety. So he's the one that does all these suspensions and fines and everything. If it's George Peros looking at this, he's looking at this situationally. He's not looking at um, just, oh, Panarin got injured. Oh, no, right? Was there intent by Tom Wilson to injure Artemi Panarin and injure Bujanovic? Now, with Bujanovic, yeah, there was a tussle, right? With Panarin, I think it was kind of this weird freak thing where you have to look at it where Panarin came in. He's the one that came into the pile. So as a player going into a pile like that, you have to know that you are assuming all risk. Anything can happen. And if you don't want anything to happen, then stay the fuck out of the pile. That's all I'm saying. You're a Timmy Panarin. You have nothing to gain here. You have everything to lose. You're the, you're a very talented player. You know, he's a, he's basically running that show in with New York and to go in there is actually honestly stupid on his part. When you see 43 Wilson on the back, don't jump on him from behind because you're going to get pile-drived into the, with your face into the ice, which is what happened, and he got hurt. And, and obviously no one wants anybody to get hurt. It's part of the game where if you're going to go in and basically if you mess with the bull, you get the horns. Tom Wilson's the bull. Panarin got the horns. That's as simple as it is. And Bichinevich coming in, he's just trying to protect the teammate. So I, I respect that but you're going to get your face punched in too. So, and, and I, and I've been a part of that. I'm not a tough guy. I never fought anybody. I've, I've never fought anybody in my life, but playing hockey, I've been in a situation like that. And I'm sure Josh will turn He'll remember this one because we play, we're playing. And I think we were in Riverside and I think it was the Riverside tournament to, to be honest with you at one juncture, probably midget, midget major, like one of our last years, because Josh is a year younger than me. And I remember there was a scrum by the net and I, I was playing pretty good. It was like the closest to a Gordy Howe hat trick I've ever got to. I think I had a goal and assist and um, someone was going after Josh and I thought, Oh, I'm going to be a big tough guy. And I grabbed the guy from behind. Now in my defense, it wasn't the player that threw me down. It was a grown ass linesman that basically put me in a chokehold and fired me onto the ice. And I think we both got tens and we went to the room anyway. Um, but what, what am I doing? I'm going to get my ass kicked, whether it's by a player or a linesman, I'm not going to fight. So I went in there to defend a teammate, quote unquote, the hell am I going to do? Um, and, and the referees were there already. So I put myself in a position to get my ass kicked for no reason. I mean, it, it was a scrum. Why am I doing that? It's stupid. That's what happened with Artemi Panarin. Now, like I said, 5K, you might as well not find him, okay? If you're not going to suspend him, don't even find him, okay? Just say, we looked at it. And and really, I mean, the one thing that George Peros probably could do better is explain, okay, why? You know, why is he not getting suspended? Why is uh, there only a fine? Explain it maybe like I just did. If that's, if that's his thought process i'm not speaking for the guy but that's what it sounds like to me because he's been around the game he's been a tough guy you assume the risk
So this statement from the New York Rangers that I just read, uh, I mean, I, I don't know who put that out, if it was the owner. Um, I mean, I'd be embarrassed if I was a part of that organization. You know, if you were a player that, you know, obviously you don't want to see your star player get hurt. I assume there's a few guys on that team that kind of went, when Panarin went in, went, oh shit, with like, what are you doing? Get out of there, right? Um, I don't think he should got suspended. If he was going to get suspended, one game, that's it. Honestly, I don't care that he's a repeat offender. I mean, yeah, he, he plays with an edge, that's for sure. But look me in the eye. You look me in the eye and tell me you wouldn't take Tom Wilson on your team. I would. Oh, my God, I would love that, man. Like, open up some space here. Why do you think Ovechkin gets all the space? You know, Backstrom, Oshie, they got, they got these guys running around. They're going to pound your face in. And it was the same thing with old time with, you know, Eiserman having Probert, Gretzky having McSorley there was always a tough guy to police this stuff because when this stuff happens and you don't have that guy, you're just, you're asking for the referees and and the league to protect you. Why don't you protect yourself? Right? So that's why, and and we're not going to get into the whole fighting thing. That's why fighting has a spot in the league, right? Because you want to do some justice, you go for it. And guess what happened the next night? We had a brouhaha like two seconds into the game, like just a line brawl. Like five fights going on at once. Both both teams put their their tough guys out. Oh, all of a sudden the tough guys are in the lineup. And they beat the shit out of each other. And honestly, it was awesome. And Brendan Smith, Red Wings legend, Brendan Smith. Now he went after Tom Wilson. And I saw a tweet saying that he filled in Tom Wilson. Okay, Brendan Smith got ragdolled, okay? I, I respect him for going after him because someone was going to. And if I'm on the Rangers, <laughs> I'm I'm like big ups to Brendan Smith. Um, because it's the, it's just the, the act of I'm going to go and I'm probably going to get filled, but Brennan Smith's kind of a tough, tougher guy too. Not Tom Wilson tough though. You can see that. So, uh, then, and it gets even crazier because after this, and I mean, this is, uh, I mean, this statement is ridiculous, horrifying act of violence and it's shocking and, and it's dangerous and reckless and dereliction. I think that's aggressive. Honestly, I think that was a little much. And I think, and I don't know, but I think that's what happened is Jeff Gordon, the GM, and John Davidson, who I think was the president, both got canned because, I, in my opinion, I think they distanced themselves from this statement. And what, what the hell is this? Why are, I, I don't, like I said, I would be embarrassed if I was a part of their team and, and this statement was put out. And if they didn't have any say in that and it was just the owner firing this out, I know you're the owner, but oh my God, now you've got a shit storm. You've just made this worse. So I think they got canned because of that. Now the owner has actually said, well, it's because this rebuild isn't going quick enough. That's a load of bull crap because the rebuild's going fine, guys. You got Capo Caco, you got Alexi Lafreniere, you've got Artemi Panarin, uh, you know, Zabana Jad, you've got you know, young, two young goalies in that. You, you, you're building a good core there. I like the way that the Rangers are going. They got lucky in the lottery a few times, which helps. But what do you mean it's not going quick enough? Like, what, what do you want them to do? It takes time. This isn't this isn't football where you can flip flip it around pretty quick in a year or two. This is going to take time. And I bet you in a few years they will be pretty good and they'll be sniffing the playoffs and they'll be making some noise because their young guys are going to start maturing and hopefully, you know, they figure it out. 
Um, so I don't think that had anything to do with, you know, oh, the, we're, we're not, you know, we're not going quick enough in this rebuild. You can't really, if you, if you force a GM, I think, into quickly doing a rebuild, they're going to do it wrong. You need to do it. And, and again, I'm a Wings fan. I'm going to keep going back to it. You give Steve Eisenman as much time as he needs, because at one point, yeah, you're going to go, okay, we need to see some results. But with this league, prospects take time. Mm-hmm. Alexi Lafreniere had a decent season. He's a rookie. He's not, he's not Connor McDavid. He's not Sidney Crosby yet. Maybe he will be, but like, it's going to take him a second to become a dominant first line player. Same with Capo Caco, same with, you know, they got Adam Fox as a Norris trophy finalist. I don't know what these guys really want. And I think that's what got them fired. It had nothing to do with their job performance. I think they distanced themselves from this ridiculous statement. Um, So (laughs) moving on to something kind of funnier, we talked uh, a few episodes ago about how the NHL is going to be back on ESPN and how it's a good thing and viewership and TV ratings and blah, blah, blah. And another thing that I said is the NHL has a problem with marketing their players. And, you know, that was just a subjective thing. I think it's something where I, I said some examples, maybe, or I can say some now, if you say NFL and you talk to a random person that maybe has general knowledge of sports, let's just say someone that has, has watched sports, maybe not hardcore. And you go, Who's the face of the NFL? A lot of people are probably going to say Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, right? Patrick Mahomes probably is the one, but everybody knows Tom Brady, right? They market the hell out of these guys, okay? They're on anytime they're showing a, a game, well, Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball, they're throwing, doing highlights. That Everybody knows these guys. Their best players are marketed very, very well in the NFL, and they do it extremely well. Um, you go to basketball, right? Everybody knows LeBron James. Even people that don't know basketball will know LeBron James. They'll know Steph Curry, right? Um, Those are the the, the two biggest ones right now. And there's others, right? But they are marketed really, really well. And in the NBA, they've actually really embraced the whole superstar um, in the super teams, which I, I don't like it, but as a marketing standpoint, it's the, it's the best thing they could have done because you have talent and you want people to watch. If you market, let's say you can market a team, you can market a player or both, right? Like the marriage right now between LeBron James and the, and the Lakers is perfect because the LA Lakers are one of the top teams, top franchises in the NBA, in NBA history almost. <laughs> and LeBron James is the best of his era, maybe top three, and I'm not a basketball guy, top three ever. Can we say that? I don't know. I'm not a basketball guy, but let's say that. He's very, very good. People know him. He's in Space Jam 2, which I'm not going to watch. And apparently, Michael Jordan's making a cameo. Spoiler alert. But, like, I think we all saw that coming. Um, And Pepe Le Pew's not going to be in it because he's a rapist. (laughs) I mean, wow. I mean, Elmer Fudd was shooting Daffy Duck in the face, and he gets to play in the game. I don't know. They probably got to find them for it, too, and put out a statement. Um, back to the NHL with ESPN, they put out a graphic. Okay. And uh, just like, I don't know how you screwed up. I know how they screwed it up, but I'll pull it up and I'll just, I'll describe it for people just listening. 
Um, let's hit this old share screen button here and uh, here it is. The National Hockey League and Turner Sports, NHL on ESPN, three Stanley Cup finals on TNT, the rights to every winter classic, live streaming on HBO Max. That's pretty cool. Honestly, TNT, ESPN, all this stuff, HBO Max, <laughs> right on. Good for them. Good for the NHL. And then, um, I don't know, you look at this picture, and if you're not really like a huge hockey fan, you'll go like, yeah, and big deal. So they have uh, Connor, or, or, well, I'm going to say Harmony. They have Alex Ovechkin, you know, captain of the Washington Capitals. And then uh, they have the captain of the Edmonton Oilers, Andrew Ference. Andrew Ference uh, is retired. <laughs> Andrew Ference is not on the Edmonton Oilers. What they want, what they're looking for is Connor McDavid. <laughs> I, I saw this and I went, of course, of course they screwed this up. You probably had some intern, some conehead, that they said, oh, uh, who should I put on this graphic? And then, you know, the ESPN guy's like, oh, like, I heard this Edmonton Oilers captain's pretty good. I should get him on there. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, and, and Google's Oilers captain. If you actually Google Oilers captain, let's type it in. Edmonton Oilers captain. Images. Oh, there's a bunch right there, but oh, look at the first one. That's the one that's on the freaking thing, is it not? Oh, wait, let's 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 look. Let's look. It might be the same one. It's the same damn one. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Look at Andrew Ference. Boom. First one on Google. Same exact picture. In that's incredible. I didn't think that was gonna happen. <laughs> okay, I'm telling you right now, my theory is fact. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna fact check that. I just did. They used. They typed in Edmonton Oilers captain and just used the first one. There's only seven thousand pictures of Connor McDavid next to him. Actually, sandwich having appearances in there again. But like, come on, guys. It's an easy Google. And then who cleared this? So do they not have? a hockey department where, you know, they can, they can look at this stuff and go, okay, approved, <laughs> moving on. There wasn't one guy, one dummy like me or, or, or Brian to look at it and go, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. You put Andrew Ference on there and they'd be like, what do you mean? And it's like, that guy's retired. Like, don't put it on. So <laughs> yeah, NHL and ESPN. They're off to a great start. So, we were talking about the Rangers. We're talking to talk about an ex-coach of the Rangers. Okay, John Tortorella. And a lot of people have opinions about this dude. So he got fired by the Columbus Blue Jackets um, after five seasons, surprisingly. Six, actually. And I'm, I'm not sure what to think about it. No, I'm not. I am sure about it. He, he should have been canned. It was time. But I'm looking at his record. And he's obviously a, a, a successful coach. He won in 2003-2004 with the Tampa Bay Lightning. It was a long time ago. Different game, different styles. Um, that was a very good team in Tampa Bay. Um, he was with the Rangers. He, he never made the playoffs. And then Columbus, he came in uh, after one season with Vancouver, actually. 
missed the playoffs in the first season. They went basically 500. Second season lost in round one, 50 wins with Columbus. That's pretty good. Next year lost in round one with 45 wins. The next year they, they went on the round two, 47 wins in the regular season. And then the next year um, was the shortened one with COVID. So with 70 games, 33 uh, wins, they lost in the second round. And then this season, catastrophic. I mean, 56 games, went 18, 26, and 12, uh, missed the playoffs. And they're, I think, picking bottom five. So it was time to move on from John Tortorella, but it had nothing to do with the record. How do you take a team that was so clearly trending upward, you know, out of playoffs, lost in round one, lost in round one, lost in round two, lost in round two, and then catastrophic. You traded Pierre-Luc Dubois, who was a third overall pick, to get Patrick Laine, who was the second overall pick, the same draft. And uh, you ruined him. And now, I'm not I'm not taking the blame away from Patrick Laine. Um, but right when that trade was made, if we talked about it on this podcast, there's no way that I thought that was going to work. Patrick Laine in Columbus, are you serious? We did because we talked about him going to New York, to the Islanders. And I said, that might work even less with a defensive system like Barry Trotz. John Tortorella, and I say this with the most respect, John Tortorella is like a peewee coach. And I'm going to explain what that means. John Tortorella, I think, has his ways. It's just what he's always done. And he hasn't changed it for nothing. So maybe things you know, pop up new, new tactics, new systems, uh, you know, a different power play look. And the the game does change. I mean, he can't coach the same way as 2004, you know, 20 years later, almost. So you have to change. And in that way, maybe he has And one way that maybe he hasn't is individually coaching players to what type of player they are, um, what their role would be. And, and maybe the biggest thing is motivation and, Um, knowing how far to push a player because I think he, he, they didn't drive well, him and Patrick line, obviously. And another guy that started really well in the same trade was Jack Roslevic. He was scoring goals every night and eventually he was a healthy scratch. So how do you explain that where, you know, you, you take a guy that was doing pretty well and then you just shove him down the tubes, something weird going on there. I don't know if he lost the room. I wasn't in there. I don't know, but it can happen, you know, where you're part of a team and, you know, it's just kind of the, the message kind of, you know, it gets dry. It gets, uh, it gets a little bit monotonous and the same, and, you know, you need some fresh blood in there. And that's how I felt when Mike Babcock moved on from the Red Wings and they hired Jeff Blashill. It was time. It was just, you could hear, you know, Zetterberg saying it was just, yeah, we just, the, the message in the room was just the same and it was just stale. We needed a new voice happened with me playing soccer and in, in soccer versus hockey, when you're playing and especially like in Windsor here and, and, and I'm sure just with regular travel sports in, in hockey. And I think it's kind of the same right now. They only let you kind of stick around for two seasons as a coach and in soccer, you can stay as long as you want. Um, there's, there's different rules in terms of where players can go as well, which is a big thing. Um, you know, in soccer, you can play for whatever team you want. You're not married to any, uh, you know, city or club. You can go and play wherever my buddy, Madis, he's played, he played for freaking every team. I swear to God. 
every single year, different team until he found us and then uh, got his niche there. But uh, in hockey, you, you were playing for your center. I mean, if you played in Windsor or Tecumseh or Bell River, you, that's where you were and you couldn't leave unless you moved and your, your parents moved somewhere else, but you couldn't escape. Like, so in, in soccer, if you didn't like a coach, you, you could just go play for another team. It wasn't a problem. So that's why it worked there in hockey. The two season rule was so that there would be a new coach coming in new opportunities. If something grew stale like this, <laughs> you would get an opportunity. Um, but it did, it happened in soccer. We had a coach for a long time and we did really well with them. And then eventually it was just like, okay, that's enough. You know, new guy didn't work out. <laughs> I, I really didn't like the coach that we got to replace him. Um, it honestly kind of killed the love of, of soccer for me where I just didn't want to play it anymore. Just wasn't fun. Um, cause it wasn't what I remembered. And it was a totally different coaching style where it was more uh, aggressive and, and negative. Uh, it was more negative reinforcement than positive. So some players, you know, do well with that. And some don't obviously Patrick line, doesn't do well with negative reinforcement. Like I think it's, you know, put him on the fourth line. He goes, what do you want me to do? You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not in a situation where I can thrive here. That's what I mean. When I say peewee coach, you can't coach every player to the same standard. You have to pick and choose like who are your skill guys? Who are your grinders? Who's going to be good in these situations? Who's not going to be good in these situations? Put them in a, in a spot where they can succeed and putting Patrick line on the fourth line for one game, maybe to send a message. That's fine. Go for it. That's happened to all of us. It's happened to me multiple times. And I think he just lost them right, right at the beginning. He lost Patrick Line immediately. And he probably lost Jack Roslovic too. And he probably lost Pierre-Luc Dubois. And that's why he got traded. And he probably lost a few other guys in there. And, you know, you won't find out about it. But that's why he's not there anymore. So that's why Torts got, got let go. Do I see him getting another job in the NHL? I see him getting a job in the NHL more than a lot of other coaches. Um, I don't think he's someone that's going to change his ways though. It was almost like the same thing we were talking about with Babcock. He's just, that's who he is and he'll be effective with some teams. And it's almost like he has a certain five, six year window, right? Where like, this is, he's going to go hard at these guys and then that's it. Like he's used it all up and if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. So, because if I look at Tampa, he was there for seven years. Uh, he won, a championship right in the middle. Um, New York, he was there for five years. Um, Vancouver one, and then Columbus six. So for the three teams, he was there for a, a huge chunk. Yeah, he was, uh, he was there for, for five or six years and that was it. Um, moving on something a little more lighthearted here um, to do with my wings, two fun stats, the Red Wings <laughs> leading scorer this year had zero goals on a goaltender. And I'm speaking about Philip Ronick, who was a defenseman who, in my opinion, didn't have a good season, had two goals and however many assists. I think he had like 28 points. He had both of his goals on an empty net. And if they track this, I would love to know. I think he leads the NHL and active players in average distance of empty net goals. Every empty netter this guy scores is from behind his own net and it's always in the air and hits like right where the camera is. That's like the one thing I think the guy practices. Cause one thing he doesn't is how to walk the blue line because that guy like leaves an inch <laughs> and he pulls it off offside all the time. It just drives me nuts. 
So the other one is a little bit more mind blowing and you can look this up. It is actually a stat and maybe I can look it up here too. Um, in the last two seasons, the top four, and it might be three, and I'll say it first, and then we'll look it up. In uh, the top three or four in even strength goals in the last two NHL seasons are, there's three really obvious ones. It's Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Alex Ovechkin, arguably the top three goal scorers in the league right now. Number four was shocking to me. Um, it's it's yeah, it's Jacob Vrana, who the Red Wings traded for. And I actually was like, wow, that's very impressive. Now he played for the Capitals, right, with Ovechkin, but like that means he's getting a bulk of his goals on in even strength. So I actually really liked uh I really liked that stat because it uh I don't know. It just made me feel good about Jacob Frana. So if we type in like, um, la uh, we'll put last two NHL seasons, even strength. If I can type even strength goals. Let's see if we can find this out. No, not in one season. Here it is. No, that's, that's all time. Actually. It might put active players. Let's see. I think it says all time. It says regular season. That is all time. That is interesting. So I'm not even say the past two seasons. I think technically in the past two seasons with these guys, obviously they're all in the same. Um, so yeah, even strength goals over 60. So that's pretty good. Brandon's third. So <laughs> that's pretty impressive to get a guy like that just for like Anthony Mantha. And you got two picks, two first rounders and a couple of seconds or whatever the trade was. Um, or, or no, it was a first and a second, sorry. But yeah, interesting. I was like, that's kind of interesting to to look at that. And, and <laughs> I didn't expect it. I was just shocked. Um, now, moving on to what I think was a big thing for a lot of people is Jack Eichel. And if you saw, we're going to go down and kind of break down the Sabres a little bit here. Um, which is something that, like I said, me and Brian like to do that. So I'm going to try and attempt it myself and I will try and do him proud. Um, Jack Eichel had some comments about possibly <laughs> wanting out of, of Buffalo. Um, and I'll, I'll try and see, I'll, I'll pull some up here. So they said there's a disconnect. Now Jack Eichel hurt his neck uh, during the season. And what basically happened is, um, he's upset with how they handle it. They didn't want him to get the surgery that, you know, uh, which why wouldn't you invest in your star player? I don't understand that. Um, yeah. So he, he said, I've been a bit upset about the way things have been handled since I've been hurt. Uh, there's been a bit of disconnect between myself and the organization. The most important thing is to get healthy and be ready to play hockey next year, wherever that might be. Um, so that is kind of interesting. Um, He's, he's saying he's got to take care of himself. Like there's been some tough conversations, but I've got to do what's best for me. I'm only going to play hockey for so long. He's right. Uh, hopefully I have many more good years in this amazing game, but I've got to take care of myself. Um, he said for now, obviously he's here. Uh, we, we kind of said that maybe he's gone, you know, in the off season, that was what our, our trade deadline, you know, when we were guessing, I, I thought he was gone. 
Uh, and again, I think if you guys check out that pod, we went through it in one place that I mentioned, maybe him going Calgary. There are some odds on where they think he's going to end up. The aforementioned Rangers would be one. Uh, the Kings are one. And it's just betting odds. Um, Columbus, Detroit, a lot of the teams that are kind of more at the bottom, which I'm like, what, what are you going to give up for him? Right. And that's the biggest thing is what are you going to give up for Jack Eichel? What is he worth? Um, and would he even be any better off in any of these other situations? knowing that a lot of those teams that I just said are in like full rebuilds. So um, we can break down the uh, let's break down the Rangers right now or Rangers Sabres, the Sabres. Now they're obviously out of the playoffs. Um, Let's look at their lines first. Now this is going to be a little bit ugly. So Anders Bjork, they got him in the Taylor Hall trade again. I think they got fleeced in that deal. Um, so Anders Bjork, Sam Reinhart, who also there's some rumors that he might be, you know, out of here. And Victor Olofsson, who is just a power play specialist. Uh, Rasmus Appland, never heard of him. Casey Middlestad, he was picked right before uh, uh, Michael Rasmussen. He's been up and down. Uh, Tage Thompson, I'm pretty sure he came from the Blues. And then you got Jeff Skinner with Dylan Cousins, who, you know, was de- pretty decent. R2 Rootsalainen, I think he's like Ristolainen, like a knockoff version, no name. Then you got Brett Murray, Riley, two goals, Shan from the Red Wings there. And then Drake Kajula added that or some, that's some ugly lines. I mean, that's, that's an AHL lineup right there. Uh, and then on, on defense, Rasmus Dahlin, uh, who first overall pick ain't playing like it. Henry Yoki Harju, Matthias Samuelson, Rasmus versus the line Jacob Bryson and Colin Miller. And then in, in net, they have, uh, Let's see who they rock in here. Where are they? Oh, yeah, they, they tanked, and they brought up Michael Hauser and Stefanos Lekas. Never heard of these guys. Now, the guys they have out, Gergensons, Jake McCabe, obviously Eichel, Kyle Poso, who's still in the league somehow. Linus Allmark was their goalie this year. Um, Lukanen is also a goalie. Tokarski also a goalie. Cody Eakin. A lot, of, a lot of injuries, but nothing. Honestly, you put them in there, they're still not a good team. So... Um, the cap situation, and this is what you want to look at. Um, they're going to have some problems here because now they have a ton of picks. They only have one first rounder should have two because of Taylor Hall, but they botched it. Um, they have a second rounder from Boston and their own. Um, they don't have their third round, but they have Florida and Montreal's. And then they have a fourth, a fifth, two sixth, and a seventh. So, you know, decent amount, nothing crazy. <clears throat> looking at <laughs> looking at this cap. I haven't looked at this yet. Like I said, that's kind of our thing is we just kind of fly by the seat of our pants and figure this out right away, right at the top. Jeff Skinner, no movement clause, 29 years old, making 9 million for the next God knows how many because the, the chart doesn't go that far. <laughs> it says 26, 27, $9 million a year. Horrible contract. Absolutely horrendous. Worst one I've seen so far since we've been doing this. I don't know what you do with this guy. He's do, he's 11% of your salary cap. I, I really don't know how you move on from that. Another bad contract, Kyle Poso, $6 million for the next three years. So obviously two more after this one, then he's, he's unrestricted. 33 years old. I mean, you have to field the team. I, I don't think you have to buy out anybody here. I think you just keep them. Um, Sam Reinhardt, again, he's RFA. So you can, you know, keep him sticking around. He's still going to make five mil, probably more. Um, 
I'm not sure if he has RFA, like arbitration rights. I assume he does because he's 25. Um, and he, he definitely has the amount of games. So, you know, arbitration, I mean, it, it would be probably good for Sam Reinhart because he'd get only a one-year deal. And then that might bring him to UFA. I'm not really 100% sure on those rules. Olofsson at 3 mil is not bad. Eakin 2.2 for the next few years. That's okay. Same with Bjork. I think he's 24. He's underrated, I think. And Tage Thompson, another young guy. So we're getting into the young guys. You know, Dylan Cousins, uh, entry-level deal. Middlestat, Asplund, they're going to get re-signed as well. Um, and then you got, like, to- Tobias Reeder, Kajula, Riley Shan. Those guys are all basically AHLers, right? Um, now, obviously, on the injured reserve, you got Jack Eichel, $10 million for the next, what, one, two, three, four, five more years. Um He's worth it. I mean, on a, on a team that they would actually build around because they're not building around him right now. Um, and then Jake McCabe, two, 2.8 for Jake McCabe isn't bad as a, as a defenseman. And looking at their actual D, that was just their injured reserve, but their actual defenseman. So wrist line in 5.4 mil. Uh, he's got one more year coming up. Um, that's fine, but he's never he hasn't really turned into what they thought he was going to be, shown flashes. Colin Miller, 3.8, again, another year. Their defensemen, they're not in a position where they're screwed there. They got Rasmus Dahlin and uh, Yoki Haru, uh, Bryson, and then I don't really know if this Bryson guy is any good. But those two guys, Yoki Haru and uh, Dahlin, they're both restricted. So and I don't think they're going to get that much. They got a bridge deal, you know, two, three years, maybe make like a couple mil. It's not going to be anything crazy. Maybe Dolan will try to say, oh, my first overall pick, but it's like, eh, stats show otherwise. Uh, in net, you know, you got both your goalies are up next year, Hutton and Allmark. Uh, Lukanen's your guy of the future. He's 22, so, like, hopefully he turns into something. But I just, I just look at this, and it's just cringy. Like, dead cap, yeah, you got Taylor Hall and Stalfer retained. No one really cares about that. Uh Cody Hodgson's still on the buyout history. It's not a lot of money there either, but like non-roster, like just kind of looking through here, Jack Quinn was a first, uh, first round pick. So maybe you hit on him. I don't know. I remember that pick at the time. I was like, really, you know, he went kind of high. Um, I don't really know a lot of these other guys and that's kind of not too great. Cause I usually know a handful of them. I don't know any of these guys other than Jack Quinn. So that can't be that great. No, I mean, Prospect wise, um, let's put prospect Buffalo Sabers, and we'll we'll see who they got because they're probably going to say Dylan Cousins. Um, here we go, top prospects for the Sabers. Yeah, it's a lot of the guys that are already there. Like I said, Cousins, there he is, is number one. Lukanen, like I said, Jack Quinn. We just said Matias Samuelson, um, and Bryson. Yeah, so. Again, that's they're already there. They they don't really have anyone else coming, so they're in a, they're in a pickle here. And I I I do feel a bit bad for Jack Eichel. I mean, when you're picked first overall and you're the captain, you're getting built around. And they're not really they're not building around you. I mean, yeah, okay, great. We picked Rasmus Dolan. How's that helping him? He doesn't have anybody to play with. I mean, who Jeff Skinner? I mean, the guy's been terrible, and he's got a horrible contract that you can't move. He has control of where he goes. If he wants to stay in Buffalo the whole time, he can. I mean, you're you're locked in with him, and you can't buy that out. That's gonna you're gonna be paying that for the next probably ten years, maybe maybe eleven or twelve because it doubles in in term. So, I understand Eichel saying, "Get me the hell out of here," but it's just a matter of where. 
And I, I mean, again, I don't really see a crazy fit because now with Calgary bottoming out as much as they did, I don't think that's something that they do. But again, it's a shuffle of the deck. If there was that Goudreau trade that I said with uh, Ristolainen and Eichel and whatever it was, might make sense. But like a team like that, I love like the wings. Like I don't, they need a number one center, but what do you give up? What is he going for? Do you have to give up your pick this year at six? Probably not doing that. Maybe I would. I mean, it depends who's there. I mean, if you make a trade draft day, I don't think that'll happen. I mean, Eisenman is pretty bold, so he could. Um, but it's going to take a first round pick, probably a couple of them. Um, it'll probably take your top prospect or two, uh, another roster player. You're, you're looking at, you're going to get gouged. But if there's something that we do know is that the Sabres don't know how to leverage their offers because they would have got more for Taylor Hall if they knew what they were doing. Second round pick. I mean, you know, I mean, you, you they did it wrong. They didn't set their price high enough so that they would get what they needed. And then they just panicked and they took a deal the night before the deadline. Like, why aren't you making these guys sweat? Because you're the one that sets the price, but they really didn't. They set a price where it was too low. And a lot of teams are like, what are you doing? And, and guys went for a little bit more than that anyway. So um, I don't have any confidence in the Buffalo Sabres to get this right. And I feel bad for like Buffalo fans. I don't know any of them, but I, when they were good, I mean, that place was bumping, man. Like, I think it'd be kind of cool to go up there. I mean, Buffalo's like a, what, four hour, four hour drive from here. That'd be fun to go to a game. Like if they were good, you know, and it was bumping. I, they just, they, I don't think they, they don't have a really clear way forward here. That, that's something where, you know, your star player is looking out and he wants to get out of here. Holy shit. I mean, if he does, you better get a haul. You better get something that is going to turn this around in the next few years. You need something for him. And that's what I would set my price at roster player, like a, like a playing roster player, your two top prospects, a couple first round picks. And you have to go from there. And honestly, if it doesn't happen this year, you have to keep trying and keep trying to get that right deal. Because like I said before, it just takes, it just takes one other person to trade with that's willing to be a little bit crazy. You don't need all of the other 30, uh, well now 31 GMs to, uh, to say yes to the proposal. You just need one, right, Hursty? So, and the last thing I want to talk about well, actually two things, but first one, I just, I just saw this the other day and you know, with, with, with hockey Night in Canada being on Sportsnet now, a lot of things have changed over the years and they've retained some of their talent, we'll say, and they found some guys. Now, one guy that I, you know, that I love Kevin BX is on there because he's just a guy. Like he played in the show. He knows what he's talking about and he's entertaining. And, and honestly, he's throw some chirps out there. You can tell he's very comfortable doing this job. He's not like Patrick Sharp, like just sitting there like, I thought that they played well this period. Back to you, Keith Jones, who also I don't want to freaking NBC. I can't wait till they're gone. But, uh, but then you got, okay, Kelly Rudy's been there for a long time. He's been with CBC. He's been with Hockey Night in Canada. Um, for people that don't know who Kelly Rudy is, um, he was a goalie for the LA Kings back in the day. And he had his little bandana and his ponytail and he had the weird looking mask. Uh, and he wasn't that good. But 
he said like the stupidest thing ever. Now, I'm just going to say this. This ain't my job. So this is all just opinion. I'm a massage therapist. So now something that is my expertise, uh, let's just listen to what he says. And actually, you know what I'm going to do too? Just to just to give you a little bit of uh, backstory. Vitek Vanacek, the goalie for the Washington Capitals. The playoffs started uh, yesterday, I think, or two days ago, depending on when this comes out. He got injured, um, making a save, kind of went into the splits. But, I mean, he didn't even make the save. He got scored on. But I think he pulled his groin or, or tweaked his knee or something like that. And he got to get replaced by Craig Anderson. And the Capitals ended up losing – or no, did they, they didn't lose. Washington win? I don't even remember. Whatever. I thought they were playing the Islanders. I'm all scatterbrained. But Vanacek gets hurt. After the game, Ron, uh, Ron McLean asks Kelly Rudy about it. And I'm just going to play his response. It's about a minute long, so let's just let's just listen to what he says, and I'll react to it after. Carousel situation, but uh, Kelly, you first on what happened in the net for the Caps. Oh, boy, where do you start and where do I want to go? You know, I guess there's a part of me that I, I suppose I'm supposed to feel sorry for Vanacek, you know, his first ever NHL playoff start. But he gives up, first of all, it's a bad goal. He just wasn't ready. You can it's tell not. immediately that something was wrong. But I'm sorry, if you're an NHL goaltender, you should not be pulling or straining a muscle. That's one of your... I'm going to just pause it right there. Just so you guys know, that's that's the really, that's the stupidest comment I've ever heard. Continuing jobs to make sure that you're stretched out and whether that means you stretch eight to ten times during the course of a day before the game also doesn't matter that much continuing to make sure this doesn't happen i, I mean that's you've got to be a better pro than that and offensive and then it's unfair to the organization it's unfair to craig anderson craig anderson's job is quite literally the backup goalie and to be ready for if something like this happens, Kelly. Anderson in a week is going to be 40 years old. Then retire if you're 40. You think he really, you think he, he wanted to play. He's in the NHL. That's his job. And I just think that when you're in that position, you've got to do all you can to make sure that you're stretched out. Now, he probably did. If you have a different structural injury, like you hurt your knee or your shoulder or your wrist, I'm all good with that. Same damn thing. And, you know, then you, then I do feel empathy or sympathy for you, but not, not a pulled muscle. Okay. So Kelly Rudy just basically proved to me that he's a moron. Because just because you're a goalie, does it mean if you stretch out 8 to 12 times, you might be doing yourself a little more like a disservice to that. I mean, yeah, you got to get warmed up. You got to get loose. You can work on your flexibility, but that's over time. That save, and we never we didn't see it or, or attempt at a save, he went into full splits very quickly. That is an extreme, hey, my muscle is this long, and now it's it's this long. He pulled the shit out of his groin. Okay. There's nothing you can do to stop that because how many times are you gonna go into that actual position and pull a muscle? Kelly Rudy thinks that pulling a muscle is different than tweaking your knee. It's a weird position to be in as a goalie anyway. So it's almost like, okay, Kelly, you've never pulled a, a muscle in your life. If he did, he thought that was his fault, that he didn't warm up enough. So first of all, like I was saying, to blame Vanacek for not preparing properly, how do you even know that? You don't. 
he probably did the same thing he's been doing the whole season and just, it was a freak thing. And it just, so I, I, I don't know if there was anything there where like, does Kelly Rudy just hate Vitek Vanacek? I mean, it sounded like it because that was super unfair. So, and then to call him a bad pro is also like, dude, offside. Like, what do you, what do you, you're, you're insinuating that he's not getting prepared properly because he got injured. Okay. So if you get shot in the leg, you should continue to play. I mean, do you think Vitek Vanacek wanted to get hurt? That that was his intention? I'm going to screw over Craig Anderson and make him come in cold as a 40-year-old? And that whole thing about him talking about it's unfair to uh, to Craig Anderson, he's 40 years old. What are you talking about? I mean, if it's unfair, then why is he in the league? Why do we have backup goalies? Injuries happen, Okay. And for him to say that, I think, and it's maybe to just trigger idiots like me or to get clicks, get articles, it might be the smartest thing he's done because now people are talking about him. And I I mean, bad press is good press or what is it? A bad press, any press is good press. But that just made no sense to me. It was almost like a forced thing where he's like, I'm going to make something of this that isn't there. I just feel like I saw like, Cassie Campbell and Ron McLean just like backing out of frame. And what I really would have liked to hear is BX's rebuttal to that. Cause he might've just said the same thing I did that the, the video doesn't keep going. Cause I'd have been like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Kelly, like give your head a shake. Last thing I want to talk about, obviously it's the playoffs and everybody's doing their predictions, right? Everybody's looking at it and going, oh, I'm going to pick this team. Uh, this is what the bracket. I personally hate the bracket. I don't like that it's like a preset path. I really, really loved the old way of one to eight and the reseed after every round because it made more sense. Because you're if you're the number one seed, it means a lot more. You're always going to play the lowest seed in your conference, at least. Now, looking at this, there are some crazy things that could happen. Like, you could technically see a Toronto-Boston final. Like That would be hilarious. To see uh, Boston come from behind again and beat the beat the Maple Leafs again, um, but just looking at some of the matchups, I did kind of want to be like, let let's see what's happening. Now there are some that you know seem obvious, and there's always ones that seem obvious. And let me tell you, when the Vegas Golden Knights came into this league, nobody, I mean myself included, any expert is not an expert. They don't know shit. It's like stockbrokers. They don't know if the stocks are going to go up, down, or in a fucking circle. They don't know. You're going to make an educated guess and you're just going to you're just going to go with it. So like I can guess at what's going to happen, but you can base it on statistic, you can base it on gut or feel. Um doesn't mean it's going to happen, but when I see these experts picking just the same team, all of them I naturally want to pick the opposite because like, what do you guys know that, that nobody else does? Like, what's the reasoning there? Any one of these teams can beat each other. That's why they're there. They're good teams. They're in the playoffs, right? Obviously the number one seed is the favorite or the number two seed playing three. Let's go through them. Honestly, Toronto, Montreal. I'm telling you right now, I'm picking Montreal in seven. I honestly think that Carey Price is going to steal you at least two of these games. And now Montreal has to figure this shit out because Cole Caulfield should be in this lineup. He's got four goals in 10 games. And if he's a healthy scratch in game one, I don't know why. 
because scoring goals in the playoffs versus the regular season, there's no difference. You're still, you're playing hockey. Okay. If he went from NCAA right to AHL and then right to the NHL, he's doing the same thing every single time, put him in your lineup, put him on the top two lines, put him on the power play until he does something that you don't like. I mean, he's proved that he should be there. Um, I look at the Leafs and I know a bunch of my Leafs buddies are just going to be like, Oh, you're just doing it. Cause I would love to see the Leafs win a Stanley cup so that <laughs> Leafs fans could just shut the hell up forever. Like they'd have their, they'd have their moment and like, let's move on. But also because it is cool to win. And like, I guess I'm 30 and I'm showing my, my age here, but like it's been a second and it's pretty cool to see your team win. So like I would pull for you. I mean, Toronto, Montreal, two of my three least favorite teams. So if the stadium blew up, it wouldn't make me sad. <laughs> I mean, but I think Montreal has a real shot at taking out the Leafs. I really do. I mean, Toronto is very deep. I'll give them that. They have a lot of the veterans now that they, they didn't have before. Um, they've got the grit. They've got the goal scoring, the, the key. And again, it's just the goaltending, but not, not for the reason that a lot of people think, ooh, Jack Campbell. It's just, Jack Campbell's been playing really, really well. What he reminds me of is like Chris Osgood with the wings. He just has to be good enough. He doesn't have to be spectacular. Just be solid. And there's always, it's, it always comes down to goaltending in the playoffs. Okay. And if I'm looking at this series as if it's goalie versus goalie, it's Carey Price versus Jack Campbell. And maybe Freddie Anderson, who hasn't played in the NHL for a while because he's hurt. I'll take Carey Price. Uh, yeah, I'll take Carey Price every time. And I don't think it really matters who's on the other side because a goalie like that, he can win you a series. Look, look at the look at the Knights going to the Stanley Cup the other a couple of years ago or whenever that was. Marc Andre Fleury brought them there, like he literally put them on his back, and they played well. I'm not going to say they didn't, but he was a huge part of it. Um, Edmonton, Winnipeg, another one where honestly, I think the Jets take this one. And if you look at goaltending again, it's it's Connor Hellebuck versus like Mike Smith, taking or I'm taking Hellebuck every time, and. The only argument for the Oilers, in my opinion, is that they have McDavid and Dreisaitl. That's the only argument that you can say for the Edmonton Oilers. And Connor McDavid had a fantastic season. And he had, like, Gretzky-like numbers. But let's put this in perspective a little bit, okay? Not to, like, shit all over the kid, because he's incredible. Like, he played – everybody played the same teams this year, right? Where a, a really good player like him is going to figure a lot of things out and he's, he's going to torch these Canadian teams every time he plays them now because he's playing them all the time. So he's going to know the goalies. He's going to know the defensemen. He's going to know tendencies. He's a smart guy. So for him to throw up all these points, it doesn't surprise me because he's picking on the same teams every single time. Um, you're only seeing, you know, certain looks. So, but I, I look at Winnipeg as a team that, that could surprise a little bit. I don't think Edmonton's deep enough. I, I don't believe in them at all. I think they had a good regular season. But so technically in the North, I'm picking both. I'm picking Montreal and Winnipeg to move on. Um, would it surprise me if the Leafs and Oilers moved on? No, absolutely not. Nothing would surprise me in, in any of these series, honestly. But I'm going to pick the Habs. I'm going to pick the Jets. Um, if we look at the Central, um, Carolina taking on Nashville. Really bizarre looking uh, series there. Because I'm just, I'm so used to like the East and the West, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm used to that. where like Carolina and Nashville wouldn't be in the same division. So like, why would they be in the playoffs? But um, yeah, Carolina, Nashville. So like looking at this one um, in, in boiling down the goaltending too, there's kind of question marks on both sides. 
because you got Pecorino and UC Saros, who's who's going. Uh, Carolina, you know, Peter Morazic, James Reimer. You know, it should be Morazic, right? And Carolina's it's they're on the upswing. They're a pretty good team. They got some young guys like Svechnikov who who, you know, they're carrying the team and, and doing really well. Uh, their defense I like, you know, with Slavin and Dougie Hamilton. Nashville, they squeaked into the playoffs there. Honestly, I don't think they were going to make it. I thought Dallas would catch them, but they didn't. Um, obviously, having like Roman Yossi, uh, you know, Forsberg down the middle, they they have a good team as well. That's a series that I see going seven. In this one, I'm probably going to pick the Hurricanes. Um, I just I like their energy. I like how they play. I think Nashville is a, an interesting spot where uh, they've been hanging around for a while. And this might be kind of the last kick at the can where you might have to think of, of moving things around a little bit. Florida and Tampa Bay, first time in history that these teams have both played each other in the, in the playoffs as two Florida-based teams. And uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be an entertaining series. I mean, if there's any of these that I would watch, it would probably be that one. Just because I just, both styles of play, they're fast, they score a lot, they got a lot of talent. Um, the goaltending matchup there. I mean, definitely Tampa's got the edge with Vasilevsky over Bobrovsky, I think for sure. Um, you know, Bobrovsky might steal him a game, but he's also prone to like, Hey, I let in five. <laughs> You're gonna have to win six, five against Tampa Bay. That's, that's not going to help you. Um, but Tampa Bay just got back Stamkos and Kucherov. He's been out for the whole year. They're probably going to have to revisit the long-term injured reserve rule. Uh, it really isn't fair that you can get a guy like Kucherov, who's a top 10 player in the league back uh, for the playoffs because Tampa Bay obviously had a, a decent regular season. Um, but I mean, would they be better with Kucherov? hundred percent. I mean, he changes everything and changes matchups against teams. And that's what Florida will probably struggle with is to keep up with Tampa Bay's depth. I don't think they're going to struggle keeping up with the, their speed but it'll just be the the matchups that they're going to have to really look at and go like, okay, how are we going to contain, you know, Kucherov, Stamkos, you know, uh, Palat, Johnson, Kalorn, like, like they've got a lot of depth in there. And like, it's one of those things where like, you're just going to have to bring the offense. And that's why I think that that is going to be a really cool series. Ekblad being out for Florida hurts them big time. And I think that's why I give the, the edge to Tampa. I, I didn't really pick games like in, you know, how, how many games I think it's going to, cause I think that's kind of stupid. Like I picked the winner. All these usually go six or seven anyway. I mean, Tampa, Tampa, Florida, like just for fun, I'll say six, but I think Tampa is going to come out of that. So it'll be a Tampa and Carolina uh, going through there. Um, looking at the, what would that be? The East? Yeah. Pittsburgh and the Islanders. This is, this is an interesting one because I look at, I look at both these teams differently. I look at the Islanders as like a defensive team that has talent up front, like Barzell. And I think with a, uh, a coach like Barry Trotz that the Islanders could just stymie the Penguins offense big time, especially with the way, I don't know, Pittsburgh number one seed. It's weird because they kind of, they're just, they're there again. And I'm expecting them to fall off just because looking at, and that's some, that's a team we might look at their cap eventually too, but they, uh, you know, Crosby, Malkin hadn't didn't really have a good year. Crosby's Crosby's Crosby. I'll give him that, but he's getting older too. This is one where I, I definitely see the Islanders 
putting up a fight and taking the Penguins out. Is that what I want to happen? You bet. Because remember when I said Toronto-Montreal and there was another team that I hate? It's the Penguins. Um, but I, I, I think I think the Islanders can get that one done if they they play defensive. Now, defense doesn't win series. You got to score some goals. But I could see that going uh, like a seven-game series. But I think the Islanders will get that one done. Um, moving on for the, the, the Capitals and the Bruins. Um, this is going to be another series that's going to be um, – fast it's going to be fun to watch uh another team boston in my opinion is in almost the same boat as pittsburgh where they're still buying and they're trying to keep it going like they still have their same core they got marchand bergeron Krejci, um you know raskin that and they're adding guys like taylor hall and pittsburgh added like jeff carter right i think pittsburgh might fall off before boston I was expecting Boston to kind of fizzle out with some of the the guys that they lost and who they still have on D and like not having Chara. That's an interesting thing is big Z like playing his old team. <laughs> uh, that's kind of cool. Um, I'm picking the capitals in this one. Uh, I think it's going to be a really close series too. Again, I, I would say seven games. Um, I don't see a ton of sweeps, but you never do. I mean, it would be pretty bold to be like, this team is going to get swept. So I'll, I'll pick the capitals uh, in that one. Moving on to the West, uh, Colorado, who won the President's Trophy, playing St. Louis. Everybody has picked Colorado to just, like, basically crush the Blues. I like how the Avalanche are built. And we went through that with Zinger um, an episode or two ago. And they're going to be good for a while. They're going to be good for the next five, six years easily. Um, Is this the beginning of their window? Yeah, I think it is. And... I think in last year, I think they, they got taken out by the stars and, and Dallas went to the Stanley cup, but um, it's interesting because the blues are only a few seasons, uh, you know, removed from winning a Stanley cup. I mean, they lost Petrangelo, their captain and like, they're definitely a different team. I I could see the blues beating the avalanche. I really could. I, I, I don't have the stones to tell you that they're going to though. I don't believe in Jordan Bennington. I think he had a great run when they won the cup. I don't think he's been the same since um, with Colorado, just with, with McKinnon and Rantanen and like just some of the depth that they have on that team and some of the young guys and their defensemen. I mean, Kale McCarr, like Ryan Graves, um, Samuel Girard, they've, they've got some nice young talent back there that are already like budding stars where they're already playing at that star level. Um, and I mean, I, yeah, I'm, so I'm going to pick the Avalanche, although I could see St. Louis doing it. If there was like a huge upset, I could see the Blues taking those guys out. Um, and the last series would be uh, Vegas taking on Minnesota. This one sl- seems like a slam dunk uh, for Vegas. Uh, looking just at the, the matchup, it would tell you the opposite, though, because I'm picking Minnesota. The Wild were 5-1-2 and two against the Knights this year. So they played them, they played them tough. Um, they, they beat them a bunch. And does that translate to the playoffs? Not every time, but it shows you that they know how to play them. And I think uh, Minnesota is one of those teams where you don't really think that much about them. Uh, Vegas, it's almost like they haven't really hit like any type of uh, adversity. Like they just kind of flown through their first year and, they weren't supposed to do anything and they made the finals. And then it was kind of like they did well the next season too. Right. And they made, uh, or they only think they made the second round. 
I think that was when, was that when San Jose took him out? The, uh, I think it was the, the March's 05 five minute major penalty and they scored like three or four power play goals or something like that. Um, yeah. And San Jose, I think took him out in, in game seven. I'm trying to think who won an OT. Cause I remember Vegas tied it late. It was like a six, five OT when it was a random guy on like on the sharks. I forget who scored in overtime. Um, but yeah, I could see Minnesota. I'm, I'm picking Minnesota to, to beat Vegas. And I think this is the first time where you're going to see Vegas look like, like a team that can get, you know, beat by someone that they probably shouldn't. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I should, I'll just go through them all. Let's get crazy. I didn't even plan on doing this. So we're just going to do it kind of, as we're going here. So who do I pick Montreal versus Winnipeg? Um, sorry, Lou, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking this is where the magic run ends here. I think they're going to run out of gas after taking out Toronto. I think Winnipeg again, you know, getting Dubois for line. was a good deal. I think Hellebuck is going to be their X factor there. So I'll take the jets. Uh, and then I had the hurricanes and the lightning. I, I honestly think Tampa Bay still got it. I think they still have that depth. They still have that drive. Um, I think they still remember losing to Columbus and getting swept and then coming back the next year, winning the cup. They're the defending champs. Everybody's going to give you their best. Carolina might be their toughest test going through to the, to the final. So I'm going to pick Tampa Bay. Um, and on the other side, I had the Islanders playing the Capitals. Um, boy, that's a tough one too. <sighs> That, that one, yeah, that's an interesting matchup as well because you're also going kind of firepower versus defense. Uh, I, I still think Washington will be a little bit too much for them. Um, I don't think Pittsburgh's the offensive team that they – if you pick, give me Washington versus Pittsburgh for who's more offensive and who's going to score more, it's going to be Washington. So I think that'll be something where the Caps will probably take out the, the Islanders. And then we're looking at Colorado versus Minnesota. Uh, this is probably where the Wild – can't go any further. I think they run into a brick wall with, with Colorado. I think that's an easier matchup, honestly, for the avalanche than the blues. Um, so I'll go with Colorado. So in the conference final, I have Winnipeg taking on Tampa Bay, and this might be where you see a sweep. I think Tampa Bay is just going to, they're going to walk over any of these teams. Honestly, I think anyone in that Canadian division is going to get, it's just going to get crushed by Tampa Bay. So I'd say Tampa Bay going to the final. And then on the other side, we got Washington versus Colorado. That That is going to be a dynamite series. Like I could see that just being like just a bloodbath and, and just like pure entertainment. I would love to see that. I'm going to pull for that. You know what? <laughs> going through this bracket, I didn't think I was going to do this, but like Washington, Colorado, that would be a lot of fun to watch. Um, and you know what? It's not Colorado's year. Everybody's thinking it's Colorado's year. I, I could see them winning it, but I don't. I think it's going to take them another season. I think to 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 really get that, like, you have to have that adversity. I think to you, you know, to just not fly right to the final and win it because you have the best team in the best regular season. Maybe that's something that they need, you know. So even in, even them losing this year, if they get a few rounds in, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for them. I think they can regroup. And just be like that hungry team where they're like, okay, we we got to get this done. Um, yeah, so I'll take I'll take Washington. So we got a Washington Tampa Bay final. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Um, Lou's gonna say this is Homer. I don't follow the Tampa Bay Lightning anymore. Stevie's home, buddy. Okay, so you can keep that joke going as much as you want, but I'm not a Tampa Bay guy. But I think we're gonna see a repeat champion this year again. 
Um, Pittsburgh did it a few years ago. I think Tampa Bay is going to get it done. I think they have all the tools that they need. I think Kucherov coming and rested. Is it bullshit? It is. Yeah. I mean, but it's within the rules. So, I mean, until they change the rule, do you think they want, they wanted this guy for the whole season. Are you kidding me? You want, you want your best player to be sitting out all year and you still make the playoffs. Like that's insane. That shows what a good team you are. So adding that in, I, I mean, it's almost not fair. It is not fair, but I think that's actually going to help them and they'll, they'll get to the final again. And I think they'll win whoever they play. Um, so there you go. Bushy's playoff predictions. Let's see how wrong I am because probably a lot of these will be, but just know that probably half of these top seeds won't win. And there's, it's just trying to figure out which ones are they? Maybe not half. I'd say there's going to be a few. They, if there was uh, if there was no upsets, what's the point of playing these games? We'll just put all the number ones all the way through. Right. So, yeah. So that was a lot of stuff that I kind of wanted to cover there. Like I said, there's a lot of other things that are going to happen in the next week or two that uh, when we get bubble back, we can uh, go through with him, but until next time, episode nine of the Bushing Bobo show uh, on healthyscratch.ca. Visit us up there. Uh, I haven't done a ton of uh, articles lately, but uh, it's only when we want to. We're loving the podcast, though. Um, we're also on Facebook, Healthy Scratch. Um, we're on Twitter. Haven't really done a lot of TikTok, <laughs> you know, the Instagram stuff. But uh, check us out there if you like. And um, yeah, like it, let's see how these playoffs go, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to the draft as a Wings fan. I, I, that That's kind of my thing to look forward to. I mean, I'll definitely be paying attention to the to the playoffs, watching some games here and there. Um, if there was one, I think I'm going to be losing moral support as there, uh, the Montreal plays Toronto. But uh, maybe look for that on our, on our Twitter page. We might be live tweeting his reactions. Good and bad, rational and irrational uh, for the Habs there. So look forward to that. Next time that you hear from us, it's going to be double digits. I didn't think we'd be doing it this long, but hey, keep it going. Healthy Scratch Podcast. Talk to you guys later. Peace out.